The local government news roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner. Hello, it's Roundup time. Chris Eddy here coming to you from the land of the Wadawurrung people with the latest from the local government news roundup. Today, case dismissed. A win for Yarra Rangers and the sector in the Supreme Court. Councils looking to name and shame over illegal tree removals. Serious misconduct allegations dismissed at Banana Council. A call for respect for parking officers facing escalating public abuse. A deputy mayor removed mid-term. Councillor conduct issues in the spotlight at a Queensland council and English councils asked to turn a blind eye to the law due to the FIFA Women's World Cup. That's just some of the many local government stories getting our attention today. Let's round them up now. Thanks for joining me on The Roundup, wherever you're listening across Australia or around the world. And my thanks to the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government, and Snap Send Solve, about to head out on a New South Wales tour, culminating at the LG Professionals Customer Experience Conference on the 24th and 25th of August. Let's get into the Victorian Roundup and the Supreme Court case brought against Yarra Rangers Shire Council in relation to its consideration of an urban design framework document has been dismissed and the plaintiff has been ordered to pay the council's costs. Darren Dixon was seeking to delay the council's vote on the document, claiming a failure to engage residents in a meaningful way. Supreme Court Judge Melinda Richards found that Mr Dixon does not have the standing to seek the remedies claimed and that his interest in the matter was no different from that of any member of the public. She said the council is meeting its obligations to engage the community and that its meetings have at all relevant times been open to the public. In her ruling, Judge Richard said Mr Dixon had no legal basis to claim residents were barred from meetings, finding that a meeting may be open to the public even though members of the public aren't able to attend in person. Judge Richard said she was inclined to order Mr Dixon to pay the council's costs, but said that he could make a submission if he wished to attempt to persuade her otherwise. Some Melbourne councils are looking at publishing a list of prosecutions for illegal tree removals on their websites as a deterrent for other would-be offenders. The Age reported this week on the increasing number of illegal tree removals carried out under cover of darkness as property owners prioritise development and home improvement projects. 
Burundara and Whitehorse are said to be looking at a public register option as frustration builds with a system that they say doesn't adequately deter wrongdoers. Councils want to see fines, currently capped at $3,800, increased to a level that reflects the significance and financial value of the trees that are removed. A councillor conduct panel has dismissed six allegations of serious misconduct at Benalla Rural City Council. Councillor Punari Gunaratna alleged unreasonable behaviour by Councillor Peter Davis on six occasions between September 2021 and March 2022. The alleged behaviour related to emails and interactions in council meetings and councillor-only sessions. The panel considered written and oral evidence before determining that the allegation of bullying was not made out and it dismissed the application. A wave of abuse towards local laws officers in Horsham has led to a joint council and police campaign calling for people to show respect. The introduction of a new parking system earlier this year has been a catalyst for poor behaviour from some members of the public, described by one officer as abhorrent. The Weekly Advertiser reports that some people believe the new technology is hard to use or that parking should be free, prompting bad behaviour on the part of a few. CEO Sunil Bala said the behaviour was disappointing and that officers deserve to be treated with respect. Briefly now, and Rebecca McKenzie will remain CEO at Glen Ira City Council through the coming election cycle, with the council extending her employment through February 2026. Mayor Jim McGee said the council was delighted to secure Ms McKenzie's services with a number of challenges ahead. He said the council has wanted to avoid the CEO's contract term expiring during the orientation of a newly elected council after the 2024 elections. Submissions are closing soon for two consultation processes being run by local government Victoria. Public input is sought by the 31st of August on whether a valuation averaging mechanism would be beneficial for mitigating the impact on rates of significant changes in property valuations. And feedback on draft ministerial guidelines regarding rates hardship relief is due by the 15th of September. The City of Ballarat is moving from an annual to a quarterly model for its Community Satisfaction Survey. 200 residents will be surveyed each quarter starting this month, with each round of results compiled into an annual summary. The surveys will continue to be conducted by JWS Research. And the board of the Victorian Local Governance Association has elected its office bearers for a new two-year term. Whitehorse Councillor Denise Massoud has been re-elected president and Councillor Josh Fergus from Monash was elected vice president. Andrew Sloman was also re-elected as treasurer. listening to the Local Government News Roundup with Chris Eddy. Time now for the National Roundup of Stories Making Local Government News. In Sydney, the Lord Mayor Clover Moore is reported to be planning to seek a sixth term next year, despite continued speculation about her retirement plans. 2024 will mark 20 years since the now 77-year-old was first elected, and she told the Sydney Morning Herald this week that it would be disastrous for the city if her retirement led to one of the major political parties taking control. If she were to win again next year, it would extend her time as Lord Mayor to nearly 25 years. 
Port Macquarie Hastings Council no longer has a deputy mayor after a council vote this week brought forward by Mayor Peter Pinson. Councillor Pinson used her casting vote to break a deadlock in the chamber on Thursday afternoon to effectively expire Councillor Rachel Shepherd's term as deputy mayor. Councillor Shepherd was elected to the position in February for what was meant to be a 12-month term. The position will now remain vacant until council elections in September next year. Mayor Pinson said she brought the matter forward to level the playing field and to lower the political games that may occur in the lead-up to elections. Blacktown Council CEO Kerry Robinson has called for a new tax on developers to pay for social infrastructure such as swimming pools and libraries. He's warned that the alternative would be to raise rates in urban fringe communities by 40%, according to a report from The Guardian. Blacktown Council is facing a funding shortfall of $600 million, while the need across urban fringe councils is estimated to be $4 billion. Mr Robinson said incoming legislative changes don't go far enough, as it will only enable developer contributions for higher order infrastructure, such as major roads and hospitals. And Sydney's Inner West Council has identified an initial 10 council-owned sites with potential for affordable housing development. They include a number of car parks and a depot site. The council proposes to maintain title over the sites and partner with community housing providers to develop affordable housing. Mayor Darcy Byrne said the council is seeking to set an example for how councils across Australia can help address the housing crisis. In news out of Queensland this week, Murway Shire Council has reportedly terminated the services of its CEO, Sabine Taylor, six months into her term. According to the ABC, the council voted unanimously to part ways with Ms Taylor on Thursday with immediate effect. Ms Taylor is understood to be seeking legal advice. A council spokesperson confirmed Ms Taylor's departure and advised that Director of Economic Development John Nicholson had been appointed as acting CEO. Murway is the second Queensland council in as many months to terminate its CEO during their probation period after Oracoon Shire parted ways with Kate Rosier in July. Two cases of councillor conduct have been dealt with at Scenic Rim Council in recent weeks. The Bow Desert Times has reported on the recent deliberations in the council chamber. The Deputy Mayor Jeff McConnell was compelled to publicly admit to engaging in inappropriate conduct in relation to an alleged comment to a council officer at a staff Christmas party. He complied with the council direction to make the admission after being warned by the Mayor that failure to do so would likely escalate the matter to an allegation of misconduct. Separately, Councillor Derek Swanborough has been issued with a reprimand and ordered to pay 30% of the cost of an investigation into allegations that he had used a personal email account for council business. Councillor Swanborough denies the allegations and said he'd been denied natural justice and not given the chance to respond to the claims. A South Australian council has reversed a decision to spend $40,000 supporting a campaign for the Yes Vote for the Voice campaign. Adelaide Now reports on how Mitcham City Council this week voted to revoke a June resolution that critics say was made without adequate community consultation. A subsequent motion to reallocate funds towards reconciliation was lost. The money, which was to be spent on a major public information event and smaller community events, has been returned to the budget. 
to Western Australia, the city of Vincent is resisting resident calls to reduce its use of glyphosate for weed control in public areas after a review found the alternative was too costly. Perth Now reports that the council has asked staff to continue investigations to reduce the use of the spray after being told an alternative method of using steam would be 20 times more expensive. Independent testing in one of the city's major parks found there was little to no residual presence of the chemical in the soil eight days after application. In Tasmania, the Premier has announced plans to expand collaboration with local governments through strategic partnerships focused on the unique aspects of each region. An MOU for the first partnership with West Coast Regional Council is about to be signed, while an East Coast agreement is also being planned. Premier Jeremy Rockliffe said the partnerships aim to identify local challenges, create a long-term framework for planning, investment and land use, and bring together key stakeholders from government, business, community and industry. Here are your national briefs and sad news firstly out of Wollongong where former two-term Lord Mayor Alex Darwin has passed away. Mr Darling served three terms on the council from 1987 and was elected Lord Mayor in a 2002 by-election, a position he held until 2008. He was recognised as a member of the Order of Australia in 2007. In South Australia, Barry Barmerer Council CEO Dylan Strong has resigned after 16 months in the role to take up the CEO position at Copper Coast Council on the York Peninsula. He said the move was due to a change in personal circumstances and the need to be closer to his young family. MacArthur Executive has commenced the search for his replacement. Tasmania's Heritage Council has approved the removal of the William Crowther statue from Franklin Square in Hobart. It determined that the impacts of the removal on the historic cultural significance of the square are acceptable. A final decision on the removal rests with Hobart City Council. And the Local Government Association of Tasmania's 2023 annual conference has adopted a theme of embracing change. The conference will be held on the 1st and 2nd of November and will include the announcement of this year's Awards for Excellence. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. Yes, let's catch up on some of the international stories making news this week. It's been a busy week in the UK for letter writing from a certain government minister. Michael Gove has written to six councils advising of his concerns about findings of severe maladministration from the housing ombudsman. In the letters which have been published online, Mr Gove says he'll be taking a personal interest in how the councils deliver their responsibilities to their residents. Tandridge, Nottingham and Westminster councils are among those to have received the sternly worded letters this week. And with the final of the FIFA Women's World Cup approaching on Sunday, Mr Gove has written to council leaders across the country asking them to do everything they can to get pubs open earlier on Sunday. Localgov.co.uk reports that the letter urges council assistance to ensure people can come together and enjoy a drink before kick-off for the special occasion. The LGA says councils are marking the occasion in various ways and working with local vendors to ensure supporters can enjoy the match safely and get behind the Lionesses. At least one council has reacted angrily to the letter. 
Plymouth City Council leader Tudor Evans said the minister has asked enforcers to turn a blind eye to licensing rules and that the government should have planned earlier and made arrangements to relax licensing laws so that venues could legally open at 10am on Sunday for the big game. A new mayor has taken office this week in Riga, the capital of Latvia. Vilnius Kursus was elected with 33 out of 50 votes after the previous mayor resigned amid a breakdown in relations within a ruling coalition of parties. The Baltic Times reports that a new coalition is now in power, having agreed this week to general principles of cooperation, including building a competent city council to reduce divisions between local government and the community. In the US, a small city in Minnesota is losing its entire police force after a mass resignation of its chief and other officers. ABC News reports that Goodhue City Council met to discuss possible pay increases but was instead presented with a number of resignations. Police Chief Josh Smith had previously expressed his frustrations in attempting to hire officers because salaries were not competitive. With his own resignation this week, a number of officers have followed suit, saying they had only stayed on as a personal favour to the chief. The city's mayor, Ellen Anderson-Buck, has moved to allay growing community concerns about a lack of local police coverage from next week, and she said she's confident the city would have a police department again. And finally, in New Zealand, a controversial leadership structure at Rotorua Council is to be wound back, with the axing of six deputy chief executive roles announced this week. The New Zealand Herald reports that the structure, with seven deputy roles, sparked a nationwide debate two years ago and calls for an independent review. One of the deputies resigned last November, and that role has not been filled. The council's mayor, Tanya Tapsell, said the roles would now revert to a group manager format as part of a structural refresh and a direction to the chief executive to find cost efficiencies. That's all I have for you on this edition of the Local Government News Roundup, recorded the 19th of August 2023 and brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with support from Solve. You can find links to the stories referenced in the episode and a full transcript at www.lgnewsroundup.com. While you're there, check out the latest breaking news updates and learn how you can support the Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. Our friends of the Roundup subscribers now have access to the August edition of Council Conversations, talking about similarities and differences between local governments in Canada and Australia, and also the intersection of AI technology with local government. Check it out now in your podcast feed. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. More from the Roundup coming on Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening and bye for now. The Local Government News Roundup is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association. As Victorian councils go to elections later this year, the VLGA is ready to support communities and councils in good governance. A series of workshops has been designed to increase understanding of the local government sector, the work of councils and the role of a councillor. Registrations are being taken now for workshops in May on standing for local government and local women leading change. And 
other councils should look out for the VLGA's 2024 Local Government Election Pre-Candidate Prospectus, available soon. Find out more about how the VLGA can support your council and community during this important time in the local government election cycle. Visit vlga.org.au.